I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Listening to She's All Talk, a podcast exploring the zeitgeist and life in your twenties, hosted by a girl who talks a lot. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of She's All Talk. I'm your host Ailish. Thanks for joining me. Today I'm talking all about OnlyFans and whether celebrities have a place on that platform, along with a trend of TikTok which saw teenagers dress up as Holocaust survivors and victims. But first, let's do a quick recap of my week that was. Um, I had a crazy busy last few days before the weekend actually. A big court case um, came up, so work was a bit hectic to say the least. Uh, A lot of overtime was accrued last week, but I survived. I had a really, really lovely, relaxing weekend, which was nice. I needed it. Just kind of hung out with um, my boyfriend and our dogs all together, which was really cute and kind of gave me the relaxation that I needed because honestly, the last Thursday and Friday were just so intense that I was just completely wiped. But yeah, I'm feeling good after that break and I'm ready for a good week ahead. I hope you guys had a really good weekend and that you're ready to to conquer this new week and have a good time. Um, This is kind of irrelevant to your life, but I recently put fake grass down on my balcony and my apartment's quite small, but it's big enough for one person. But putting that fake grass down on my balcony really made all the difference. It makes it seem so much like more like spring and Happy art. Tomorrow is the first official day of spring and we had a really warm weekend, which was nice. We went for a walk along the beach. Um, But now as I'm talking, it's currently raining and wet and cold. So hopefully the weather picks up and kind of gets nice again. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. loving this past week um, that I want to recommend to you guys is actually a podcast episode this time. Um, I'll make sure to link it in the show notes, but it's the most recent, I believe, in conversation episode on the Shameless podcast um, hosted by two Melbourne journalists, Zara McDonald and Michelle Andrews, and they spoke to the English actress Jamila Jamil. 
And honestly, um, yeah, it was a really, really great chat. I haven't really listened to that podcast for a while. Um, I love I love Shameless and the commentary they had, but I don't know. I just kind of took a break from it. Um, I wasn't enjoying it as much, but I've kind of dived back in and I'm really, really loving the content that they're producing again. And yeah, I listened to um, the interview with Jamila on – I listened to it on Sunday when I was um, driving the two hours back to – to where I live after coming up for the weekend. And yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. They talk a lot about um, comparison and dealing with with um, internet trolls, but also dealing with c- constructive criticism and when criticism is no longer constructive and it's just kind of mean, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really great chat. I would really, really recommend you listen to it. She's a British actress, former radio host. She's a writer and a really great activist. Um, you probably would know her through her role as Tahani on The Good Place, which is another amazing show. And she's also, I believe, the founder of the I Way movement, and she launched her own podcast recently as part of that I Way movement as well. And yeah, she kind of talks about her kind of her life, her experiences, how she defines success and also why her activism is so important to her. And it's, yeah, it's a really inspiring chat. Um, I'd never actually heard Jamila talk in like her British accent, like normally rather than just hearing her as Tahani. So I wasn't expecting that, but she has a really beautiful accent and yeah, it's just a really great chat and I really recommend you pop it in your ears if you're doing the dishes or going for a walk or anything really and you just want to have some some background noise. That's a chat that I recommend for this week. Okay, roll the The first thing that I'm diving into today, oh geez, it's really raining hard outside. Hopefully um, you can't hear this because I am sitting right next to the window, but hopefully that isn't too distracting. Um, But yeah, as I was saying, the first thing that I'm diving into is something you've probably seen floating around the internet, either maybe you've been a part of the backlash or maybe you've just seen people tweeting about it or you've just read it online, but we're talking about OnlyFans. The controversy that's been happening at the moment is basically Bella Thorne launched her OnlyFans recently and in about a week, I believe, she racked up $2 million. She made a million dollars in one day on OnlyFans. Like, talk about breaking the internet. But Bella has copped a heap of flack for it too. And many people on Twitter and Instagram, mainly Twitter, are criticizing her and other celebrities for taking the platform away from sex workers. It's a really interesting discussion to have. And honestly, it's something that I didn't think about at first when I first saw the news and I saw that she made a million dollars in a day and that heaps of people were kind of hating on her or just kind of disappointed in her, that sort of thing online. And I thought, well, why can't she be on OnlyFans if she wants to? Like, it's just another way to make money. It's just like you shouldn't hate on women for making money, that sort of thing. There's nothing wrong with being successful. But the more I've kind of read into it and the more people's perspectives that I've listened to and that I've, I've read about, I really do understand the other perspective better. For some people, like I was just saying, it did make sense to this to me like this before, but it might seem like a savvy and a smart business move, but for many people, it's a shot at sex workers and it takes away from the income they would be earning. It's almost like her 
playing pretend just just because she can. It's like when you watch those tacky YouTube videos of YouTubers who make millions of dollars from their videos and they say, oh, look at me trying to be a waitress for a day or look at me doing this for a day. And it's like some people have that as their career that they have to do that to make a living and then you're kind of trying it on as a costume. I guess it's kind of along the same lines as that. Like Bella has kind of tried this on as a costume, I guess you could say. I saw a lot of people online um, say that sex workers popularized the app and kind of worked hard to to get it off the ground, essentially. And now that it's acceptable, more celebrities are kind of hopping on board, which I would agree. I have noticed that online that honestly, no one knew what OnlyFans was. It is sex workers who kind of got that off the ground and made it into what it is, I guess. If you're listening and you're unaware, OnlyFans is basically a subscription-based social media platform where you can kind of post anything that people will pay for and that honestly is a lot of not safe for work content, a little bit raunchy, a little bit explicit. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what it is, it's mainly, I mean, I would assume I could be wrong, but mostly used by sex workers um, as a way to kind of take control of their earnings and build their audience in more of a safe environment, I guess you could say, than the porn industry. And, yeah, so Bella's hopped on board of that and I saw some people saying that she was kind of taking control of her body after having her nudes leaked last year, I believe it was, or it could have been this year. I think it was last year because honestly, who knows this year? It's a blur. Um, but yeah, I saw some people saying that she's just taking control of her body and, and selling what she wants to rather than have people hack her and leak them. And I I saw that and I was like, that's a fair point. Like, why shouldn't she be allowed to post what she wants online and make a profit out of it? But as I was saying before, like I wasn't considering the other side properly and I wasn't kind of critically thinking about the issue at hand. And I read a really good article on Vulture that I'll make sure I link in the show notes that kind of breaks the whole topic down. There's a good quote in there. Um, they quoted Rolling Stone, a Rolling Stone article um, from Aussie Rachel, a sex worker and an OnlyFans creator, and she told Rolling Stone, to witness a celebrity gentrifying a platform and making obscene amounts of money without acknowledging the plight of sex workers is truly a slap in the face. And I think that's a really... A really important point is that you kind of can't come onto a platform where people are criticized for their job and they're kind of looked down on and they have to work so hard just to just to make ends meet and also just to be in that industry and be like, oh, I'm going to try it out for a day. You know, I'm spreading awareness. I'm doing a good thing when you're kind of not even acknowledging the hardship that they go through. And Bella did face a world of backlash on social media with people claiming that she's just trying on the job of a sex worker and she'll never know the hardship that comes with it because obviously she already has a large platform who would pay for subscriptions to her content. It's not like she's starting from scratch. It's not like she's new. So people were really angry because she was kind of doing it for fun. She was doing it just because she can, just to test the waters, just to see what the response would be. While others do it for their career and they do it to get by, they do it to survive, they do it because they love it. But 
they're not nearly as successful or they have to work maybe 10 times harder than she does. And now here's where it gets a bit murky, a little bit interesting. Bella kind of broke OnlyFans, I guess you could say. Well, allegedly so anyway. So some creators are blaming recent policy changes, including how much people can charge for exclusive content on Bella. So recently, I think it was last week, OnlyFans changed its payment policy, preventing members from charging more than 50 bucks um, American dollars for photos and increasing the payment waiting times from seven to 30 days, which is if you're using this job to make ends meet, that is a big increase in 23 days. That could be, I mean, if you're working paycheck to paycheck, that could be the difference between paying your bills and and I guess not making it on time, which is a big, a big thing. So Bella allegedly charged $200 for a pay-per-view photo, I believe it's called, which is essentially what it sounds like on OnlyFans. You pay, say, a hundred bucks and you get that, that exclusive photo. And people posted a screenshot of a convo where Bella kind of said, well, allegedly, reportedly, whatever you want to say, but she kind of hinted that it was a nude shot and then it turns out that it wasn't. So fans bought the photos because they believed they were buying a naked photo, which is a common occurrence on OnlyFans. That's not something kind of out of the question. But when they found out that it wasn't nude and they just spent kind of $200 and say a lingerie shot or something, there were a mass of complaints of people wanting their money back and it just caused a whole stir. So that happened and then it's now it's not official that these changes were made because of Bella but the internet sure thinks so and the internet is mad. One Twitter user I saw claimed that the platform had been destroyed because of her lying and basically everyone's kind of mad because it's caused a major shift in the way people can use OnlyFans and the income that they can generate, how frequent they can get paid, that sort of thing, which as I said before, this is kind of a really big it is a big difference when this is your livelihood, this is your income. It's kind of like going from getting paid weekly to going to get getting paid monthly. Like if you imagine how much that'll impact your life, I'm sure it would be a big difference. And I think this is just really interesting to to discuss and to dive into because as I was saying in the beginning, like unless you're kind of involved in the sex work industry or you're kind of involved with that world, I guess, or you're just a really well-rounded critical thinker, you wouldn't often consider that perspective when you read the original stories like this. I know, as I said before, the first perspective I kind of considered was Bella's, but Bella is the one with all of the power in this situation. It's the sex workers who've had to claw and scratch and climb their way up from nothing and climb their way through ridicule and hardships and all of that sort of thing to get to where they are and to make a decent dollar. So it's such an important perspective to consider when you're when you're talking about this issue because it is true that they they popularized the platform and it's sex workers who will be hit hardest because of this it's those workers that kind of made the app what it is and those are the ones that are going to suffer from this situation but yeah it's it's just a really interesting thing to talk about and I would love to hear to hear your thoughts um on this 
Bella has since issued an apology, but it doesn't really quite cut it online. One of her tweets and her little apology thread said, I'm a mainstream face. And when you have a voice, a platform, you try to use you in helping others and advocate for something bigger than yourself. Again, in this process, I hurt you. And for that, I'm truly sorry. Um, the thread kind of included a, l- a little string of apologies and that sort of thing, but it was, I don't know. I don't really understand how she was trying to, to raise the awareness of sex work when really it just kind of seemed that she was just trying on a hat. But I mean, I don't know who am I to judge, I guess. I saw a tweet, which kind of summed up what I kind of thought when I read it except a little bit more harsh. I saw a tweet and it said, Bella Thorne's apology boils down to, I was just trying to give you guys exposure because I'm so famous. Jeez, where's my thanks? And I guess when you kind of put it in just very blatant terms, that's how her apology came across on the internet. It doesn't really seem like she's very aware of the situation and it doesn't seem like she's kind of accepting or really listening to the criticism that she's received. Um, Because I think if that was the case... She may have handled the apology a little bit differently and maybe more genuinely, but who knows. I guess at the same time, I feel like we all say we'd love to do OnlyFans if we, when we hear about how much money people make. So is it not kind of hypocritical to bash on Bella for doing just that? But then again, I guess she does have a large platform that you have to take into consideration and that may change things. And I guess for me, it's just kind of words because some people make a lot of money. But for Bella, she kind of, I don't know, acted maybe like her platform. It didn't play a pay, didn't play a part in that. I don't know. It's it's something that kind of is worth, worth a chit chat, worth kind of, I don't know, deep diving into and it's worth a discussion. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um, Feel free to DM me or send me a little voice memo. Someone actually sent me a voice memo for the first time a couple weeks ago and I keep forgetting to include it in an episode. It was in response to what I was talking about Instagram reels. So I'll definitely have to include that towards the end because I didn't know you could get those, but on Anchor, you can. People can send them in and it was really cool. So I would love if you guys have any thoughts on an episode topic just to send me a voice memo and we can kind of have a chat. So yeah. Now, this is a little bit of a change in pace. It's a bit more of a serious topic, but it's definitely worth talking about. It's definitely worth having some social criticism because honestly, what the hell is going on? So this kind of blew me away and was something that I had to talk about as an avid user of TikTok myself. Basically, if you missed the intro or if you've just been sidetracked by my discussion about OnlyFans, there's been a trend recently where TikTok creators are pretending to be Holocaust victims. Yep, you heard me, pretending to be Holocaust victims. And honestly, it's so fucked up. It's so tone deaf to paint on burns and bruises and pretend you are part of such a horrible genocide. Insider have a really great article about this, which I will link below. And they spoke to the US Holocaust Museum. And honestly, just the whole thing is disgraceful. So creators, essentially, if you haven't seen it, 
Um, I'm lucky that none of these have come up on my For You page, thank God, but I've kind of just seen the stories around about it and I was just like, what the hell is going on? Creators essentially paint on bruises, they dress up in stripes to mimic the uniforms that prisoners were forced to wear, and some even donned yellow stars like the ones Jews were forced to wear in the concentration camps, in the prison camps, and honestly, I don't know how this was allowed in the platform on the platform in the first place i feel like there needs to be a bit of mo- a better jeez i feel like there needs to be better moderation of content on tiktok sometimes because some of the crap that people get away with i'm just like how does this fly how does this not get taken down but then someone doing the wet ass pussy dance will get done for like violation yet this is this is a thing this has seemed to be okay and I'm unsure of what the aim is here as well. Like it does seem to be a lot of teenagers or young kind of kids doing this and maybe they just want to show off their makeup and their acting skills with another point of view video or maybe they genuinely think that they're doing something that I guess is something good and that they're helping to to spread awareness but I'm a bit perplexed because I don't know. I mean, maybe I guess if you're young and naive, you might think that you're doing something good and making other young people more aware of the atrocities that went on in Weimar, Germany and the Nazi concentration camps. But surely kids are learning about this stuff in school. I mean, I learned about it in history in high school and It was such a worthwhile learning experience and honestly, there is no way in hell that I could have made content like this online. And I don't know, I guess I did read one article um, that spoke to a TikTok creator. Obviously, they didn't name them so they don't get bashed by the internet because they look like 15 or something. But This creator said that they did it because they wanted to show this point of view and they wanted other people to kind of learn more about it. But I'm like, for starters, it's a 30-second video of you either mimicking a song or kind of – I think a lot of them had the hashtag Holocaust, hashtag heaven – and they were saying like, oh, imagine if you could go to a museum and interact with the people that it spoke about or imagine if you were – you got to heaven and and this is someone you met. And honestly, it's just like I'm just kind of at a loss for words because I'm just so perplexed and I'm trying to kind of try and see it from both sides because obviously I don't want to bash a bunch of like 15-year-olds or something, but it's just – Traumatic history should not be a costume. It's not something that you dress up in for an entertaining one-minute video. And I mean, maybe yeah, maybe they had good intentions, but they definitely need to learn that. I just I don't think that's right. And honestly, by the backlash that it's gotten online, it doesn't seem like anyone else really thinks it's right either. I've seen a lot of people online saying that it's trauma porn. And honestly, I feel like that's kind of the perfect way to put it. It's romanticizing and kind of looking at it through rose-colored glasses for something that was really traumatic, really horrific for so many people in the world. And there's still people alive today who this would be so triggering and so traumatizing for and so offensive. 
The U.S. Holocaust Museum told Insider that imitating Holocaust experiences dishonors the memory of the victims, it's offensive to survivors, and it trivializes the history. And I think that kind of sums it up perfectly because you have some people who are Holocaust deniers in this day and age, which I just can't even get into because I just cannot comprehend how someone can think like that. And if there's people like that, like then at the other end of the spectrum, you have people romanticizing it as an outfit, as a costume, as something you can do your makeup. And I'm just like, that's just it's just so wrong. And if you're a young person doing something like this, like please read up, please educate yourself, please listen to the comments that are saying that you should not be doing this, this is offensive, this isn't right, because it's so true. And I do understand that while some of their intentions may be good, I do just feel like there's no valid explanation or justification for this. And honestly, most people on social media seem to agree with lots of people tweeting that it's cruel, it's anti-Semitic, and it's a poor attempt at a cosplay, which actually mocks the genocide of millions. And I feel like that kind of sums it up perfectly. Like it's It is mocking it. It's kind of laughing in the face, whether they're laughing or whether they're being serious. Like, even if you're still trying to bring attention to it, it's still laughing in the face of, in the face of history that ruined so many lives and history that people are still recovering from to this day and, and that people will always be recovering from. And I just, I don't know. I just thought it was definitely something worth addressing, something I wanted to put my two cents on because I just saw it and I was like, what the hell is this? And honestly, I feel like it's been a week for crazy stories. There were so many things that I wanted to touch on, so many things that I wanted to talk about, but I just wouldn't have the time. If I'm saying that right or not, um, this is Chadwick. Just listened to a bit of your podcast about Instagram reels and a couple other things you were talking about, but uh, mainly the Instagram reels part because that's what interests me. And um, yeah, so far, you know, I'm just going to give you my thoughts on it. You know, I like it so far. It's it's different than TikTok. Obviously, TikTok might be de- shut down in the U.S., so a lot of people are going to different places, and reels is one of them. Then you got Bite and Dub Smash and. Triller, which is really blowing up right now. If you haven't checked that one out, make sure to check it out. Um, yeah, Reels, Reels kind of is catching the user base of like ages 24 to 34, like just like the Instagram user base already was. And it's, it seems kind of like not really as good as TikTok to me. I don't really like using it as much, but at the same time, they're, like I'm getting some views. I didn't get views on my old post, but it's giving me views, so that's what I like about it. Anyways, peace out. Enjoy. So that was a voice memo from lovely listener Chadwick who shared his thoughts about Instagram reels from the episode I did a couple weeks back, maybe two weeks back now. And honestly, I really agree with some of the things that Chad had to say. I honestly don't really like Instagram reels as much as TikTok as well. Um, I feel like you just can't really beat TikTok in this sense and Instagram has given it a good go, but I think it will... Also, as he was saying, target the same audience that Instagram kind of has a wrap on already. And it might allow for different types of sponsorship for influencers and things to go through that. But I think the demographic that TikTok has captured will kind of stay with TikTok. And yeah, I'm still intrigued to see 
where the future of Instagram Reels go. Thanks so much, Chadwick, for sending in a little audio message. Um, if you guys are ever ever interested in coming on the podcast, whether to be a guest, whether to send in an audio message, you can do it through Anchor or you can also email me at she'salltalkpod at gmail.com. So I guess I'll kind of just have to to wrap it up there, but hopefully these stories were of interest to you. Hopefully it's something that you kind of agree with me on, or maybe you don't agree with me. I'd love to love to hear your thoughts, love to know what you think of of both the OnlyFans and Bella Thorne drama, but also of trauma porn in relation to TikTok and dressing up as Holocaust survivors. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Surely you agree with me that it's it's crazy and crazily insensitive and offensive and just wrong. But at the same time, I can kind of understand if you are like, I don't know, a young person, you may think that you're doing the right thing, but I just think it's so important to educate yourself and to to learn what's right and what's wrong and to be sensitive and compassionate and considerate of other people's thoughts, considerate of other people's experiences and their lived their lived experiences, especially when it's something as as touchy as traumatic history. But yeah, I better wrap it up there, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'll be back in your ears next Monday. Have a good week. See ya. Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. <laughs> You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly.